Here we are. <laughs> it's the end of the world as, as we, we know, know it. it, and I'm okay, and you're okay, and I'm not okay, and you're not okay. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Let's go ahead and put a moratorium on any people covering that song for the next 10 years. Don't want to hear it. I get the joke. Do you think people are covering the fuck out of that song? Well, no one's doing anything right now. All music has been canceled. No, all music in clubs has been canceled, but guess what hasn't been canceled? People making the shittiest live uh, online music that I've ever seen in my life. How are you seeing all this? I'm not even aware of it. I'm not seeing it. I just saw one thing. And then I just assumed it's all over. What was it? It's just some dude where the camera was like, literally, I think the camera had fallen on the ground and it was leaning against a chair looking up this guy and it was all dark. And I think they were using like an iPhone 4 or a flip phone from the 90s. Basically, the sound was this. (laughs) They were like, oh, we're having a listening party. So it was an author and Punisher video. I wish it was author and Punisher. It was... uh, Definitely Punisher, but I don't know about author. Hmm. Anyways, I just assumed there's lots more where that came from. Oh, well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So, welcome, by the way, to I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay. And uh, obviously the world is really different than it was when we spoke with you all last but wait a minute. Hold on. Let me interrupt you there. Okay. Because the same could be said when Trump got elected. When Trump got elected, again, I know we don't talk about politics, but I'm just using this as an example, is that people are like, well, the world's different now. I'm like, no, world's exactly the same as it was when Obama was president. Exactly the same. The only thing that's different is Trump's president. But everything else about the world is the same. So, Yeah. Everything's different in terms of like, oh, you can't go to the store, can't do live music or blah, 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 all this stuff. But the world, same as it was. Now, it seems different because it feels different because we're doing different things, but it's the same. And the part that's freaking me out is all this stuff that's different. And I'm like, oh, it's the end of the world because it seems so different. But no, it's not the end of the world. It's the same It's the same. There's just a new strain of flu that's going to fuck some people up. And if we don't do what we're doing now, those people that are going to get fucked up by this flu are going to overload the the, uh, prison system. Not the prison system. Building a prison. Making a prison. (laughs) Building a prison. Do you know that song, uh, System of a Down? Okay, hold on. But first, hold on. (laughs) I'm not saying the you said so much weird shit just now. The world's I'm not saying the world's over, but it is definitely different. Trump becoming president and becoming the most powerful person in the world did change the world. It did make things different. It's not the end of the world. Everyone's going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. But it's for sure different. <laughs> Think about this. 2 weeks ago, one of our biggest problems, at least as it pertains to the podcast, was that we were having these issues with South by Southwest. Doesn't that seem just beyond silly now. Doesn't it feel like a different world now than when that was a problem for us? Uh, I want to go back to the <laughs> exactly time when that was the biggest problem that I was facing. Like yeah. when that was my biggest concern, right? How wonderful life is 
when your biggest concern is that somebody wants to have you have an extra guest on your show. Well, and not only that, but like I was legitimately really upset about it. It wasn't like, oh, well, we don't have that big of problems if that's our problem. That really was a big problem to me two and a half weeks ago. Do you think that lady's now a fan of the podcast and she's listening every week? I don't know if she's a fan, but I know that she, I know that she listens. Yes. <laughs> you think she's listening right now? I do. Yeah. Once you stop, you can't get enough, even if you hate it. Once you go, I'm okay, you can't go away. And that's what I say when she not okay. Hey, 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 it's Fat Albert. This is how bad our songwriting's gotten since the coronavirus hit. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we've been reduced to. Well, so what we decided to do, maybe just 30 minutes ago, because we were just having a normal, friendly, private phone chat, is we're like, we're talking about how weird we feel, and we're going to talk about that on this episode, because we know that everyone out there feels weird too. But we're going to do two episodes a week now. What? Yeah, get the news, dude. The hot off the wire. What? <laughs> We've just been ordered by uh, <clears throat> the Wellbeing Association of the Global uh, Elite Forces to provide this content twice a week now in order to tamp down the the uh, peak curve and uh, to help the mental well-being of our listeners and the entire world. So that's a big job for you and I, but I think we're up for it. Well, it's nice to do something that feels familiar in these new times. In these nude times? Are you nude? Yeah, nude to talk. Always confusing the the uh, the nudie suit, which I grew up thinking meant is calling something a nudie suit when you are naked, like your birthday suit, or nudie suit is in it's the color of flesh, so you look naked. But it's none of those things. The nudie suit was invented by a man whose name was Nudie, hence the nudie suit. What is a nudie suit? I have no idea what that is. I still don't really know. It's like a um. It's like a cowboy-looking suit, like almost like. Let me let me just look it up before I say because someone who knows that's not what a nudie uh, uh, Deborah is going to be listening and telling us what an actual nudie suit is. Aye, the nudie suit. The nudie suit came out in the seventies, I believe. Dude, I haven't watched any uh, Hamish Macbeth in like two weeks, and so my Scottish accent is drifting. Nuda Cotillarenko, known professionally as Nudie Cone was an American tailor who designed decorative rhinestone-covered suits known popularly as nudie suits and other elaborate outfits for some of the most famous celebrities of his era. So basically everything that Garth Brooks ever wore. Right, it's like a country thing, yeah. Graham Parsons, Flying Burrito Brothers, Hank Williams. Yeah, I'm, I'm now definitely, Roy Rogers, Dale Evans, I'm definitely now getting Oh, my, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sort of that classic, the classic 1950s country Exactly. Shiny. The Grand Ole Opry. Grand Ole Opry shiny sequined. Yeah, yeah. Actually actually pretty cool looking. Like you could probably pull off something like that, like a one of these jackets, maybe. Yeah, maybe not it, the full suit. Yeah, back twenty years ago when I was like fifty pounds skinnier. Well, I feel like people in the current climate are either gonna lose LBs, like I kind of am, it sounds like you are too, or they're gonna gain a million LBs. There's no real maintaining i think happening in quarantine well i'm doing both i'm gaining and i'm losing that well which is i guess the exact definition of maintaining <laughs> so what i'm doing is i'm like getting more exercise than i've ever gotten maybe in my life because it helps the endorphin situation but then at the same time i'm also eating my feelings it's i'm going up and down back and forth I'm looking at a picture of Post Malone wearing a damn nudie suit. How about Post Malone just being pretty chunky, but not 
seemingly giving a fuck. I think what they call that, I think what they call the particular body makeup of someone like Post Malone is daddy. I think it's called pear. No, he's pear-shaped, no doubt. But I think that when women like men who look like Post Malone, they sort of justify it by calling him, they say, he's a daddy. No, this is what women who like what Post Malone looks like. A, junkies, or B, starstruck. Because he's... You know, arguably one of the biggest singers, songwriters in the world right now. So it doesn't matter what you look like. He's also having kind of a, unfortunately, a bit of a public meltdown. Is he? Well, right before we all went on quarantine, there were some videos of him live where he could just hardly move, hardly walk. He couldn't even stand up, really. Well, I remember a couple years ago seeing an interview of him on like a morning radio show, and he was he had brought a six-pack of Tall Boys, and he was cracking them open. And he was on his like third tall boy at like 10 in the morning or nine in the morning. And I was like, yeah, you might be an alcoholic if you're cracking your third tall boy at 10 in the morning on a radio show. <laughs> right. He, right. He's on Good Morning America getting hammered. Yeah. He's a big Bud Light guy. So I looked up, uh, is Post Malone attractive? And this Reddit site came up and the subject is, is Post Malone hot? With two pretty unflattering pictures of him. First comment says, 17-year-old female here, I think Posty is hot in a pug way. Kind of ugly, but still cute at the same time. (laughs) He's hot in a pug way. Dude, here's the thing about Post Malone. If Post Malone is a vagrant on the street and you run into him, you're not going to be like, hmm, I want to get with that guy. The only reason you're going to want to get with a guy who's got a fucking tattoo of barbed wire across his forehead is because he's famous and rich and talented. Talented, mainly talented. But he also exudes a thing that I do think that women are attracted to, and and men too, like a confidence, you know, despite his genetic difficulties. I somehow got in a loop the other night watching a live concert of his from 2017. It was a festival gig. He's not headlining it, so it's kind of a little bit afternoon. It's not like he's just like crushing the headlining spot. But dude, he's performing like he's the shit. And the, the first 15, every crowd shot they showed, Unbelievably attractive women singing all the words. Right. And it's just him on stage, man. He basically, no band, he's singing the tracks, but then even his lead vocal is in the track. It's kind of a little bit low. Right. But he he often, in the middle of singing like a big hook phrase, will quit singing and like be out of breath or hold the mic out or do something dramatic. And you can just hear clear as day, just his vocal track. No, like just no one cares anymore. Nobody cares. About whether or not you're actually performing, which kind of bumped. It kind of bums me out, but also as a fan of him, when I'm watching him do his thing, I kind of don't care either. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because the song is bigger than that, if he, his the idea of him as a performing artist is bigger than that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I am I am finding him quite attractive in these nudie suits. So I'm going to have to get on that flow chart, too, and just check this out. And maybe we can masturbate to get together <laughs> to Post Malone in nudie suits. I'm trying to look at this new tattoo that he's got. Oh, he looks great, dude. I'm looking at him in this light blue one with, like, a snake on it. He looks great. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. But what? there's this picture of him with, like, a metal buzzsaw wheel or whatever on his cheek. Is that real? Oh, New cheekbone yeah. tattoo. Yeah, he's got a couple of new really intense face tattoos. Yeah, I don't think things are well with him, man. Yeah, these are new and these are really intense. So on his left cheek, he's got like a um yeah, like a buzzsaw and there's blood coming off of it. Okay. And that's not and even then the, the right side he's got like a I mean what? A, a, a 
hand of it's the... like it's it's like a it's like Inspector Gadget, the bad guy Inspector Gadget's hand holding a ball and chain from medieval times. Wow. He's going full full, He's going... full on. <laughs> these are drunk these are these are tattoos made while intoxicated. Nobody's making nobody's doing these tattoo decisions sober. It's hard to know. Post Malone gets huge new face tattoo before falling off stage. He's been falling off stage a lot recently. Oh boy. I mean, the life expectancy of people with face tattoos is not great. It's pretty low. I think it's like five years. Here's what I'm glad the COVID virus isn't face tattoo. <laughs> if everybody got face tattoos, then we'd be in real trouble. What if the only way to ensure the vaccine was to get a face tattoo? I'd be getting one immediately. <laughs> Like, without even questioning, I'd be like, hmm, what kind of face tattoo am I going to get? If I was going to get a face tattoo, it would probably be, I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay. Hey, man, I would love that. Some great publicity for the podcast. How about this motherfucker? What's his name? Carter? Aaron Carter or whatever? Aaron Carter, yeah. He also went full crazy on the face tattoo sitch. And he's got a, this is what we should do, is he started his own private a porn site with him and his girlfriend or something. Oh, really? Yeah. We should do that too for the podcast. Oh, yep. Aaron Carter's set to go on tour with his girlfriend. What? How do you do that? Who knows, man? Nowadays, shoot, we were going to do a damn fucking podcast and charge people admission to come watch us do what we're doing now. Yeah. Basically, to watch us have a conversation. And and guess what? If you go to the Moody Theater and, and go online and see the podcasts that were scheduled that aren't happening now, they were all sold out. All the podcasts that were going to be at the Moody Theater, all sold out. It's a new thing. And uh, I don't know. Things are going to be pretty different for a long time. I know that in the country touring world that I'm involved in, everything pretty much through May got completely canceled. Well, it's going to be longer than that. I hate to say it, right. but... Um, I mean, I was talking to my booking agent today, and he was like, "Man, we've got to we've got to reschedule everything through June because when people finally do start going out and go to clubs, everything is going to be booked because everything's been put off right for so long." I think I, when people were talking about weeks, I was like, "No, it's not going to be weeks." <clears throat> the good news is we live in America, so what? we're going to have food, we're going to have groceries, we're going to have all this stuff, we're going to Netflix, we're going to have I'm. Two episodes of I'm okay, you're okay a week. I'd put that in the priority litany you just did right after food. I would go I'm okay podcast first, food second. That's true, because if you don't have food, you can just listen to this and, and biologically sustain yourself for I'm told months and perhaps even years. If you're me, you could I could listen to literally all of the episodes that we've done. Like not like in a row, but like four or five a day over the course of I would say four weeks. And I'd be still overweight. <laughs> Which which does not make me feel good. We have been getting a lot of messages that people are going back and binging back through. And then we've also been getting a lot of messages on the uh, the secret weeklies that are happening over at Patreon. So it's nice that all those are landing and bringing people some joy in a weird time, for sure. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for... Uh... Uh, we we just got didn't we get like a couple uh, new twenty dollar yeah we've got some patrons let's go let's say thanks to them because I, I was sure that people were going to hop off the Patreon train because it's such a strange time which by the way supporting people like Bob and I who are artists and touring musicians and content makers during this time is really important if you can swing it um, we won't harp on that too much but we do want to say thank you to the people who are jumping on so we've got uh, Christy jumped on our friend Kay Sanders jumped on Kathy Mayer jumped on. Thank you to Kathy. Billy Ledger jumped on. 
Rochelle jumped on, Mundy Hendrickson. Gosh, we may be we maybe have already mentioned some of these people, but Rochelle Hatch. I just want to make sure I get to everybody. I think that's all the new ones. So thanks guys for for uh, supporting the show and I hope you're enjoying all the content over there. You get a bonus kind of a bonus five to ten minute episode every week over there. And those add up too. Like if you jump on now, you're gonna have ten of those to catch up on. And some of those are pretty, pretty funny. We're also gonna send you some postcards, some songs, kind of unreleased songs that we've written. It's cool, man. It's cool over there on the Patreon. Are we still going to, even in this environment, are we still going to send postcards or should we just, how should we do that? I think we should still send postcards, yeah. Dude, I don't like getting anything in the mail now. I freak out when that mail comes. Really? What are you worried about? People touching the mail? They've somehow coughed onto the mail and then the the 72-hour window hasn't elapsed. Here's the problem with me. I got a brain that will take the tiniest seed and grow it into the mightiest oak. Now, that's great if you're writing songs or if you're writing a poem or if you're making some art. Guess what it's not good for? Everything else. (laughs) Particularly pandemics. Dude, you don't want to take a fucking the seed of the COVID and grow it into a fucking mighty oak, which I have, which I do every day. And then I cut it down with my mighty reason chainsaw. But it grows back real quick. I think it's very reasonable to say that the the postcards will be delayed for for a little bit. What we were going to do is when I was going to go to Austin with my family uh, and do those two episodes, we were going to just sign them all up and personalize them and send them all out from one place. We're going to have to rethink that for sure. But we will be sending them. I don't know. The most important thing is that uh, the show continues to grow and that we still are excited to do the work and get together and chat and have fun. So. Maybe what we should do, mm-hmm. here's who's not going to like this. People who are like only on Patreon for two weeks and then they were like, yeah, bye-bye. But people that are in it for the long haul, I think what we should do is we should, at the six-month mark of our Patreon, then just send out six postcards that are, because we're we going to do it once a month, right? Every every it? two months. So maybe we wait like five years and we send out. Let's wait, yeah. 30 postcards. No, not five years, but I think at, at the six-month mark, we send out you know, three postcards. That way, you're not getting multiple postcards. I want to combine both of your ideas, and I want to say, let's wait five years, okay, <laughs> and then send out- And send out 3,000 postcards. No, 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 no. I want to wait five years, and then check it out. I want to send out six postcards. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Okay. I mean, just think both those ideas just really resonated with me as you were working through them. Yeah. Uh, perfect. And not like and not it. six postcards to each patron. Just six total to, in whichever patrons get them. They get them. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like a lottery. <laughs> we'll just spin the wheel and the first six, it'll be like bingo. It'll be the first exactly six names like we that. draw. Yeah. Get the postcards. And the rest of y'all, I guess go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to see what happens with the virus. Here's what Garth Brooks has never said ever in his entire life to his audience. Hey, y'all, go fuck yourself. Could you imagine Garth Brooks? Mr. I'm going to sell this song. Mr. I'm going to be real and I'm going to make you believe that that I believe what I'm singing would never say that. He probably has said it a lot privately <laughs> about his audience. You think? <laughs> You think Garth Brooks, Mr. I'm going to eat a lot of Snickers ice cream right out of the goddamn half-gallon jug, (laughs) (laughs) has said that in between concerts where he's crying? You think? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, Garth Brooks, he's he's just to really make the money and satisfy the demand for stadiums full of people. He's doing two shows a night, and in between those shows, man, it's just fucking a monsoon of sobbing, uncontrollable. I've had this epiphany recently. It, it really was with art because I was trying to figure out oh, what kind of art do I like because I've been painting, and I'm like, if I'm gonna paint, what do I want to paint, and why do I like certain paintings but not other types of paintings? And it's really it's it's hard to figure that out. It really is interesting, but you can apply it to everything. You can apply it to to music and movies and all kinds of things. Uh, m- movies, I feel like it's easier. Music, it's easier. Uh, art, a little harder to put your finger on, I feel like. Right. One of the things I realized is that there are people that make art, and their sole purpose of making the art is to sell it. I don't like any of that art. Like any art that's made just for that reason, I tend to not like. Yeah, I and, I agree. and that includes music and novels. You know, these guys that write like four hundred novels, and and they're not even writing half of them. You know, they have ghostwriters and stuff. Here's here's the way I've started to parse that out, at least musically. What I've started to see is like, okay, this was made for commerce. Like a bunch of your favorite shows that happen, especially if they're made by a company like Netflix. Those shows are meticulously generated by looking at algorithms. Okay, people like uh, period piece uh, uh, love triangle dramas because we know that this many people at this age range watch these, and they develop all of their original content based on those algorithms. So there is a weird Venn diagram that can do both, I think. I've noticed that the music that seems a little more commodified in that way, it's made for a certain thing, does a certain thing, it just doesn't last long. I still like it, but it doesn't stick with you the way, to, for me, I'm just because I'm going through this Dylan thing, I know everyone's probably tired of hearing it, but he made a lot of records that don't sound great with really questionable backing bands and, and musical decisions, but the power of his songs remain will remain forever throughout time. I think that's the difference. Well, I feel like Bob Dylan is what I'm talking about. Like, I don't think Bob Dylan ever was like, Hmm, what can I do that's going to satisfy the most people? He's Never. like the opposite of that. Like when he was the number one folk singer in the world and people were like, <clears throat> they made him like the sort of figurehead of the whole civil rights movement. And and he was like, hey, y'all, go f- fuck yourself. And then he did that tour where he just toured with the band and every night they booed him, and every night he came back the next night and did the same thing. So that guy, you're right. There was a time called the 80s, especially. There was the 80s and the late 70s where he was really high on cocaine, and he made some records that were pretty bad. But at the same time, he's always had that fuck you thing that that comes through on all his music he could have called every record fuck you part four five six seven because <laughs> totally. because all he cared about was following his path that's right and, and because i've i mean i've probably i'm probably on my 13th or 14th book about him just because uh, when i get into something i go really deep on it my wife told me recently she was like it's a no i think it's really cute when you go through your phases wait but, hold uh, on zip <laughs> But, you know, he gets asked about money, too. And he, every time he talks about that, he's like, I don't care about money. He's like, money doesn't mean anything. Anyone who makes art uh, didn't have any money when they started. So no one's do, no one who's real is doing it for money. He's like, because I, I had less than nothing. I didn't have anything when I started. I'm just doing it because I have to to survive. And if people like it, that's fine. 
but I'm not going to stay there either. So he was like, my whole career has been me disappointing people. Because when I was a little folk hero, everyone wanted me to do that. When I went electric, everyone was upset. And then when people got hip to that, I moved on to country music. Then people were bummed. Then I you know, became a Christian and people were bummed. Then I got into the 80s. People were bummed. People have been bummed out at him his whole career. Last time I went and saw him play, which was 15 years ago, 18 years ago, I was real bummed. Cause it was this was what it was. I'm like, oh well, that was horrible. Let's hear what this next song is. Okay, here's the next song. Uh, let's hear the next song. And I'm like, bye bye, <laughs> bye bye, bitch. I like your uh, movie trailer voice, guy. Bye bye, bye bye. Well, it was horrible, dude. And it was like, you know, he was playing like like a Rolling Stone. You know, like, you know, what the original is like, whatever. And he's like, like a Rolling Stone. I'm like, what? Go fuck yourself. And then I was talking to a guy who supposedly, not supposedly, I was talking, I can't say anything more. But I was talking to somebody who knows Bob Dylan, and he was telling me that that whole thing where he was not really singing well or singing kind of in a monotone way and ignoring all the melodies and kind of ignoring the structure of the song was this thing to fuck with people. Yeah, Because he shit. can still sing really well. He can still do all the stuff that he's ever done. He's just like, fuck it, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to see what these motherfuckers can take. It's part of that, but it's also part of he's bored by it. He's doing something to excite himself. Right. And and if that means social experiment or crowd punishment, he's doing whatever he has to do for himself. I don't know anybody else who does that sort of thing. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like another Bobby I know. Yeah. But, uh... But he did. But I was telling you about he did the thing where uh, he's all the way far stage right playing piano the whole time, but he's not facing his band. He's facing the other way. Oh, <laughs> so he's doing the whole show. Like that. Oh, Can you imagine instead of you setting up in the middle because you have a little keyboard area because you you play keys for a lot, but oh, everyone yeah. can kind of everyone. To play in your band is probably what's what Bob Dylan's band does feel like. We don't have a set list. We're paying attention to you. You have to be in your band and succeed. You have to listen very well, and you it's not about you. You're always serving the song. So that's similar to him, I imagine. But we can also always see your hands. Like we can always see what you're doing. If you were completely on the other side of the stage with your back to us, that is a mind fuck for sure. And I I would be shocked if there was a set list with Bob Dylan. I guarantee you all those motherfuckers in that band have to know all the songs. No, no, there's no set list. And just whatever he wants to play in the moment, he plays, and then they have to... And it's not sounding like what it's supposed to sound like, and they have to figure that out and then go with it. Hey, man, we're at, we're out of time, dude. Yeah, here's what I want to do. I want to kick it to the Secret Weekly, and I want you to tell me who it is and Bob Dylan, you know, because I think it's the same guy that I know. Okay, we're going to do that in the Secret Weekly. In the meantime, we're going to start doing this twice a week. For a while, and we'll see how it feels. If it's too much, we'll stop doing. We'll go back to a weekly. But I like doing. I like the idea of doing it twice a week. We hope that you will too. And here's what we want you to do, because we do need more support for this podcast. We want you to tell other people about it. We want you to promote the podcast. We want you to rate it on iTunes. We want you to 
do a review. All of these things are going to help keep us afloat and keep us going. And it's really like making a snowman. And right now we're we're at the snowball stage. So we need your help to push this thing into a big uh, snowman size ball. So do your part. We'll do our part. You do your part. Well said. And with that, we'll see you next week on the flip-flop. Peace. Peace. <laughs>